Igniting, inspiring, and evoking the fire within. We're going to John Wayne through this. And, you know, we can't. That's, that's not how it works. And when you look at history and you look at the way the world has evolved, there are so many tribal cultures because people need help. We weren't meant to do this, you know, on our own. You're listening to the What's Your Inspiration podcast with Fox Buyer. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the What's Your Inspiration podcast. Today's guest is a recommended friend from last episode, Jim Moley. She is Suzanne Casamento, a storyteller of young adult uh, novels called Fingerprints and Choosing Tally. She's going on to her third book and is starting her search for the right agent. Suzanne, how are you today? Hi, Fox. I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. You how can. are you? I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm better than I deserve. If I were any better, I'd be twins. And I'm, I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad to be here, too. You came highly recommended by my last episode's guest, Jim Mulvey, and uh, you know you knew him um, years ago. Yes, and, and he's a he's a, a more recent friend for me uh, from the last ten years. But um, I, I, I'm glad uh, you know he came. You came through the recommendation, and um, it's it's one of the questions I'm going to ask at the bottom end of the podcast. So if you're th- uh, think about who you would want to hear. Um, uh, on another episode as we as we go on okay so here we go you're you're an author okay of young adult novels and i i just read the book fingerprints and we we talked about it um pre-episode and how much the fact that i am not uh i'm an avid reader but not a quick reader and i read it in 20 24 hours just because i connected um connected with it so much so kudos to you Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. That makes me feel great. I, I, I love that you, um, that, that you got sucked in. That's the goal. <laughs> I definitely did. I definitely did. You know, I'm taking graduate classes right now and I thought maybe I should be doing those, but no, <laughs> I, I did not. I, uh, I skipped some reading. Sorry. Uh, my graduate classes, um, because of how engaging fingerprints was. But you know, as an as an author, you know, you've had these uh, two books published, Fingerprints and Chasing Tally, and soon a third. And you've also had articles published in Seventeen and, and Teen. Can you give some advice to young authors? Um, is writer's block real? And if it is, what's the best medicine for it? Oh, oh, those are tough questions. Okay, so um, as far as advice for young authors. Just write. Um, you know, a lot of people will say, I'm not a real writer. Um, I want to be a writer. And as far as I'm concerned, if you write, you are a writer. So just continue to write. And what's really, really cool for um, young authors and authors today is that there are so many outlets to write for. When I was starting out, um, I went to college. Uh, I went to Emerson College and I got a degree in creative writing and I took a class uh, that was, it was called writing for magazines. And in that class, we learned how to pitch magazines and, and send them stories. And, you know, and during that class, I got, I, I pitched uh, 17 and I got a letter from the editor and she said, 
this isn't the right story for me, but I really like your writing and I would like you to continue to send me ideas. And I took that letter and I smoothed it out and I put it on the fridge and I looked at it every day. And I was like, yes, I'm finally, you know, someday I'm going to get published by 17. And I kept sending them um, articles and ideas until finally they did publish one of my stories. But my point is then there weren't many outlets, you know, you could pitch magazines, you could pitch literary magazines, you could pitch women's magazines or teen magazines, but now you can just write and put your work out there and it could be on your own blog. You can, you can tweet poems. You can, there are so many different ways for you to get your work out there. And that's super exciting. Um, And plus there are so many different kinds of publications now, like huge blogs that, that publish, um, all kinds of, uh, all kinds of writing. And so um, just do it, just write. And as for whether or not writer's block is real, everybody's process is their own process. (laughs) So with the book I just wrote, I actually started it in 2016 and it's a funny story. So I went to this energy healer and, and she was doing some, some energy healing on me. And she said, you know, your chakras are all blocked up. I'm going to clear them and you might feel like writing. And I said, oh, that'd be great because I hadn't written anything since, uh, or any books since I finished choosing Tally, which was in like, I don't know, 2010. So, um, so she did this energy healing on me. No idea what she did. And uh, <laughs> about 10, 10 days later, I, I just, I was sitting on the couch, like watching TV. And it was like, I was a zombie. I need to go right now. And I sat down at the computer and I just started writing this story. And I didn't know who this main character was. I'd never even thought of her before. She's an adult. She's 38 years old. She's not, you know, normally I usually write about teenagers. Right. Um, and I, I just wrote out 10 pages, just totally, completely, it was like I channeled them. And I'm sorry, 12 pages. And and when I went back and reread them, I realized, oh my God. There, so in the scene, the main character is standing in a, in a hotel in Hollywood. And I realized that while the energy healer was doing her work, I had a flashback of being in that hotel in Hollywood. Wow. And, yeah, it was crazy. And so, <laughs> but then I didn't work on that book again. I mean, I think I, I think a few weeks later, I wrote like 60 more pages or something. And then I didn't touch it for maybe eight months or, so, or, or something. And then I, then, then I wrote another hundred pages and then I cut 60 more pages. And then I went back and I wrote some other pages and it took me seriously four years until I finished this book. But there were months on end where I never even touched it. So uh, it was a really weird process. Whereas like choosing tally and, and, and put fingerprints, I wrote, uh, you know, within months. Uh, I mean, I think I finished choosing tally in about six months. And I think I, I finished fingerprints in about eight months. And then of course, you know, there's always the revising process. But my point is that it's, it's always different for everybody. So you may feel blocked, but then all of a sudden you might write 65 pages out of nowhere. Right. I was going to ask if, if, if energy healing became part of your routine um, to, to write, but obviously I don't think it did. Well, I, I, I have, so um, 
I actually um, have gone on what I consider a spiritual journey uh, over the last, I would say, um, six years or so. And I do uh, do a lot of energy healing and different types of, of um, uh, uh, different kinds of things that my mother considers totally weird. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, to kind of tap into creativity, but it helps me. So I think everybody should just do what works for them. I I need help with my synapses, to be honest with you. So if you could could do that, you know. Have you tried EFT? It's a brain thing. You know what that is, a synapse. Yeah. Have you, have you tried EFT tapping perchance? I, I, Suzanne, I didn't even know you could do anything for synapses. Sure. <laughs> really? Do, yeah. Yeah. So, well, EFT tapping, it's a, it's a technique, Google it. And then there are, are videos on YouTube, but there, there, it, it's a, it's a technique of tapping and then talking, um, and then talking at the same time. And you're, you basically reprogram your body and you can reprogram your brain using it. We'll talk about that offline. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just need to get some sleep for now. Maybe <laughs> that'll help. That too. <laughs> good, good stuff. Good stuff. So, so most, as you said, most of your no, um, your novels or writing is geared toward you know young adults and spotlight relationships. Um, but here's a quote from from Fingerprints that I that I found engaging telling goes like this. No, Savannah, not telling anyone uh, is what's crazy. You can't just pretend this isn't happening. Um, so the guys, my question is, can you share a little bit about um, identifying red flags in relationships in relation to that book? Sure. Sure. Well, I think, I mean, that quote in particular is really interesting because I think that we, um, as a, as a society tend to stifle, um, problems. And we also, so I had a therapist who called it John waning where, you know, she yeah. hook her, hook her fingers into her belt yep. loops and sort yep. of, you know, mosey on and we're going to John Wayne through this. And, you know, we can't, that's, that's not how it works. And when you look at history and you look at the way the world has evolved, there are so many tribal cultures because people need help. We weren't meant to do this, you know, on our own. And I think that's one of the, I I think it's interesting that you noticed that message in the book, but, you know, part of Savannah's journey is realizing that it's okay to ask for help. Yes. And, and, Yes. So that's, that's the first thing. And you should. Yes, of course you should. That's why you have friends. That's why you have family. And if your family is not, uh, is, is not helpful to you uh, or on the same, um, not that outlet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then, then, you know, then find a friend, find, find a trusted adult. Like you and I were just talking about in our pre-conversation, Fox is a teacher and, you know, and he has had students come to them and, uh, and share traumas. And there's no greater gift than, there's no greater gift for an adult or a teacher to give a child um, than, than a, a safe place. I mean, to be that trusted adult that they feel confident enough talking to what you're doing is amazing 
Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it makes you think of my seventh grade math teacher and high school baseball coach. He had a, Suzanne, he had a poster in his room and you and I know these posters, these got milk posters. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, he would, he had a bunch of them in the room of all these famous athletes. And instead of, he would white out the word milk and he put math um, on all of those <laughs> posters. And he had another one that basically said, Over, overall, the classroom has to be a safe place. And yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I definitely try to make whatever environment that I'm in uh, a safe place. That's wonderful. Uh, Thank for, God for teachers, you know. <laughs> thank goodness for mine. They, they, they got me somewhat right along with, <laughs> along with my parents. So, and my coaches and mentors as well. We really, uh, we really jumped from the funny to the serious there, Suzanne. No. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I it's part of my questioning to you, but I yeah. think we're sharing stuff that that's relevant that, that happens to, to to a lot of people in all walks of life. And mm-hmm. get help. You have a right to your feelings, and you, you should get help. It's almost wrong not to. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you're denying yourself. Uh, you're when you don't get help and you don't explore. Uh, the issues. And by the way, when there is a trauma uh, and especially a trauma of abuse, you know, it will keep coming up and keep coming up and keep coming up. I mean, you won't be able to stop thinking about it. You won't be able, you know, you'll see um, stories and headlines and I mean, it will just boom, boom, boom until it gets your attention enough to actually do something about it. And when you don't take the steps to heal and when you don't take the steps to address those problems, you're actually denying yourself the right to a, a peaceful, uh, happy life. Freedom. 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 Peace of mind. Peace of mind. You're so right. Yes. Yeah. I wish I, yeah. I, wish I would have read your book a little bit earlier, Suzanne. It would have <laughs> helped me along the way. You know, probably if I read it at 24, and well, you wasn't published then, but maybe if I read it at 35 rather than 42, I would have been a little bit better off. But, uh, but nonetheless, <laughs> Uh, fingerprints. Uh, um, it's a young adult novel. I am not a young adult, but I enjoyed it very, very much. Oh, thank you. Um, very, yeah. very relevant and appropriate and powerful and real. Thank you. You bet. You bet. Hey, it's not time for a game called What, Which, and Where. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to quote someone that you, you admire, and you're going to try and guess who it is or was. Are you ready? Sure. Let's do it. I love the enthusiasm. Here's the first quote in What, Which, and Where, Suzanne. There is no greater burden than bearing the untold truth inside you. Oh, well, this is this definitely pertains to our conversation. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm not sure who the quote is from, but uh, I did mention some of the people that I do admire, so maybe it's from one of them. Um my, I would, I would guess Maya Angelou or Oprah. It's one or the other. You got to choose one. You can't choose both. Oh, come on. <laughs> people. All right. Let's go with Maya Angelou. You are correct. Aha. You are yes. Correct. So, so my, my break off question from that is, is does there, does storytelling for you allow you to bear untruth, untold truths inside you? And, and how do you gain fulfillment from doing so? Absolutely. I mean, especially in the case of fingerprints, you know, fingerprints is loosely based on, on, um, 
on a relationship I had in high school. It's also loosely based on my family. Um, and Savannah, the main character, her mother has just remarried and she has the stepbrother and stepsister that she can't stand. And, um, and she's in a relationship with a guy who is controlling and abusive. And all of those, all of those elements really whipped up the perfect storm for him to be able to abuse her uh, because she felt, um, what's the word? She felt like an outsider in her, in her own home. And um, a lot of that is based on, on my experiences when I was a teenager. Um, but also what's really interesting, and especially with my latest novel, All the Moments in Between, um, is that there's so much in the subconscious that comes out that I didn't even know was there. Unmarried. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And even when I'm writing about characters that have nothing to do with me, like Kate, the main character in All the Moments in Between, has nothing to do with me. I mean, she's she's she has cancer. She um, has been dumped by a fiance. She's in a relationship with a married man. She's, I mean, she's a disaster. And, um, and, and none of that has anything to do with me, but her feelings and her emotions and, you know, bits and pieces suddenly appear on the page. And it's like, oh. <laughs> That's me. I wrote that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's really interesting. So I think for a lot of writers, writing becomes therapeutic, and and it it sort of helps us excavate excavate things that we didn't even know um, were affecting us. It's pretty wild. It's been that for me. It's certainly been that for me. Yeah, yeah. very cool. It is. It is. It's 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 uh it's. Definitely therapeutic. And in your case, your, your, your therapy has been therapy for a lot of people. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So one for one in what, which, and where, here comes number two. <laughs> <laughs> Every failed relationship, active abuse, and unfulfilled promise works out for your good. Um, I don't know who said that, but it sounds a lot like a, a quote that I had mentioned to you earlier. Um, that is, uh, the, it's a quote I love and it's, and it's, um, man's rejection is God's protection. It almost feels like those two quotes are linked. I can't remember the name. It's a, he's a reverend. Um, and yes. I actually had to look up, um, who, who said the quote because um, I, I, I only know the quote. I didn't know who said it, which is terrible. I should learn to attribute my sources, but, <laughs> but um, I love that quote so much because, uh, and it's not just about relationships, man's uh, rejection is God's protection. It's in everything. It's a reminder that if you don't get the job, it's because it wasn't the right job for you. Or, you know, if you, if you don't get the apartment you wanted, it's, be, it's because it wasn't the right one for you. And I think that's such a difficult lesson for so many of us to learn because, you know, we get this idea of exactly what we want. And then when we don't get it, we're so upset. And you kind of have to let go and just say, okay, God, universe, whatever it is that you believe in, 
take it away. I surrender. I'm going to let you do your thing. Right. right. That's the, the, because the, the typical human reaction, reaction is, doggone, it should have been mine. Why, why, why? But yes. there are other things that make me think of we should always look forward. Your, your eyes are in the front of your head, not behind. So <laughs> we're, we, we, we're, we keep looking ahead. Again, you have a right to your feelings. You should be frustrated. You worked hard to do. To, to possibly get that ap uh, apartment or get that book published. But um, if it's not to be, then it's not to be. And you, you look for other options. Yes. No yes to everything. A grouch. I didn't hear the last thing you said. No one Sorry. wants to be around a complainer or a grouch, right? A, a woe is me type. True. Right? Very true. But all of those things you said are totally right. You know, you have a right to your feelings. You have a right to be upset about it. You have a right, you know, um, I mean, you're absolutely right. But again, the struggle is to, you know, let go of it. Mm. I don't know. That's been one of my hardest lessons. I still struggle with it to, to this, to this day. That's <laughs> a good, it's a good poem online. I forget the man's last name. His first name is Shane. He's got a really good poem. It's, it's about, it's about abuse. Um, and it's called to this day. And he's a great poet and he's done a, I've done a Ted talk and a bunch of other things. Um, it's a, Very it's a really cool. long last name that begins with a K. And if I said it now, I would totally butcher it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to have to look it up. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Maybe so. we can put it in the show notes after we find it. <laughs> yes, 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 for sure. For sure. So Shane, great poem, man. Great poem. Um, yeah. So, uh, the, the, the man's name M Stanley Butler. Oh, thank you. There it is. There it thank is. you so much. But I, I've got to give it to you because you, you described it so well and where it was where where it actually came from. So you are two for two. Whoa! Yes, this is awesome. Yes, starting off, it's, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> it already is. <laughs> it already it already is. It already is. Suzanne, not all heroes wear a cape, but um, if you had a chance to take a one-hour car ride with the following three people, who would it be and why? You can only choose one. Would it be Maya Angelou? Would it be Anne Stanley Butler? Or would it be Oprah Winfrey? It would be Oprah. I mean, slam dunk. Absolutely. Of course, I would be so, I, I think I would be, I think my emotions would be so cuckoo that I wouldn't even be able to make sense. <laughs> I'd be one of those people who fangirls, cries, sobs, like, you know, I would be a disaster. That what is would the be first question you would ask her once you would get all over past all of the sobbing? I don't know exactly what I would ask her, but I, I would thank her because I think, you know, I watched the Oprah show. I started watching the Oprah show when I was a little kid and I watched it until it ended um, in, I don't know what year that was, maybe 2010 or something or 12. Um, and Oprah started talking about the things that nobody was talking about. Mm. You know, she made it okay to talk about abuse. She made it okay to talk about spirituality, mm. you know, and, and really kind of, kind of differentiate what that means in, in comparison to religion. And she made it okay to talk about God and, and who's God and what does God mean? And, 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 um, she, she just, she taught me so much. She taught me to contemplate and consider and, 
envision envision what I wanted. And I don't, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing. Um, the impact that she as one person has had on society. I, I, I'm just, I'm such an admirer. Really, I don't think I'd be able to get a question out. I'd be just like shaking and sobbing the whole time. <laughs> she, I would understand, I would understand. She was real about her, her struggles and she was authentic and taught you to be authentic. Yes. People to be authentic or tell you the value of being authentic, maybe. Yes. Yes. And that's such a great point. You know, she modeled authenticity. She, she on national television talked about being sexually abused as a child. And because she did that, so many other people were able to actually address their traumas. You're so right. Um, I think that that's probably the most powerful thing that she did. Yeah, I mean, you, you said her name right away. There was no no ifs, ands, or buts about it, or maybes. It was over all the way. Yeah, um, I'm a fangirl. I actually went to her um, 2020 tour in, um, it, I think she was in February. It was right before shutdown and, um, and saw her live. It was in an arena setting and, um, and it, it was amazing. She, she's such a powerful speaker. Yeah, she is. I mean, she is. I mean, I, I haven't seen her, her live, but, but um, if I didn't take any pointers from her, I'd be, I'd be an idiot. <laughs> I'd be an idiot. I'd be an idiot. Suzanne, I want you to share some advice. What, what advice do you have for people who've, who feel like they, they've hit rock bottom and they're in an abusive relationship? Oh, well, I think we've talked about, you know, um, uh, uh, we've already touched on some of it. And, and the key is to, well, first of all, you need to recognize the signs because abusers are so good at what they do because they're so good at gaslighting. And, you know, the term gaslighting comes from, um, I think it was a play uh, where there was a man who, um, who kept lowering the, the flame on gaslights. And uh, the woman kept saying, it's, why is it so dark? It's so dark in here. And he was saying, it's not dark. What are you talking about? You're crazy. You know? And so that's where the term gaslighting came from. But basically it's when a, a, an, a, an abuser will convince you that everything is your fault. Nothing is his fault. So it's all your fault. And, um, and it's very difficult when you are beaten down because it, it becomes so emotionally exhausting. You cannot even argue anymore. All you want is the voice to stop. You just want them to shut the up. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, and so it's, um, it, it, it becomes so overwhelming that sooner or later you're so broken down that you start to believe all those things. You start to believe that you're not worth it. you start to believe that you're terrible. You're ugly. You're, unworthy, you're stupid. Um, and, and that's when the abuser has you exactly where he wants you. And, you know, in addition to that, they do, I mean, they systematically do the same things. So it starts as like a very, um, starts as like a, a, a slight, a slight comment of, are you really going to wear that? And then it becomes, that shirt is so, or that skirt is so short, you know, you're only wearing that because you want to, you want to flirt with other guys. And then, and then it becomes, you're a slut and then it becomes, you're stupid. And then it becomes, so it's very gradual, but it, 
it becomes to the point where you just can't fight back anymore. And then in addition to that, they systematically isolate you. So the idea is, oh, well, I don't like your friend. You know, I don't like your friend, whoever. You can't hang out with her. I don't want you hanging around with her anymore. Well, you know, she's trash or she's this or whatever. And then, and, and then they, even your family, they will work hard to, uh, to isolate you from your family, especially with adults. So when this happens to adult women and it happens to men too, but when it happens to um, adults and women can be abusers too, I don't mean to stereotype by saying, you know, he, um, but uh, they will, they will isolate you from your family members. And so then you're alone. So at that point you have no one to reach out to. And at that point you feel, you feel completely helpless. And so earlier when we were talking about your student who came to you and, and talked about uh, her trauma, thank God she was in school and she had you talk to Uh, some people are completely isolated to the point where, I mean, where these people are at home and there's no one to talk to. And that's one of the, that is one of the most horrible parts of COVID. Yes. That, yeah. I mean, people have been, so people who were already isolated are so isolated. Now, now they can't even leave the house um, to, to, at all. And that to try and get any sort of help. And also, you know, they're, if, especially for kids, I'm sure you've seen this, you know, I'm sure in your classroom, there's one or two kids where you know that your class is a safe space for them and it may not be safe at home. And so while they've been um, having virtual school, their only safe place is gone. Like that yeah. is horrible. It is, it is, it is. That's something I need to remind myself over and over and over, over the years. You know, you have a, a, a bad lesson or people aren't paying attention, blah, blah, blah. Things didn't work out the way you wanted them to. Maybe that's not the point. Yeah. Maybe the point is you're there. So you're providing a safe uh, space place for your students. And then there's nothing more important than that. Nothing, nothing more important than that. And that, that is why teachers, I mean, teachers are just the most valuable people in our society. And we really need to learn to, I mean, you know, we, we, and when I say we, I, I mean, you know, a society and a government structure Mm -hmm. in general, but you know, teachers are not paid, but teachers should be paid. Teachers are not, they don't have they don't have the, they don't have the benefits and security and, and uh, I mean, that they deserve. It's, it's, that whole thing needs to be re- rethought. I almost said rethought. Restructured, restructured. Yeah, restructured, because really you're doing the hardest work and you have the most responsibility. It's unbelievable when you really think about it. Yep, and second to a, to a, to a parent or anything like that. So, yes. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. Suzette, I've really, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Can, do you want to share any of your contact information with, with the listeners? Sure. Um, you can, let's see. Ooh, all my social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Suzanne Casamento. And I'm also, the, uh, my Facebook author page is, um, is also Suzanne Casamento author. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> so I would love, I would love to engage over social media. That'd be great. Start a, start a conversation in a relationship. Outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Again, I've really enjoyed uh, this time and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on today. Oh, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I really appreciate it. It sure has. It'll wrap up episode 58 of the What's Your Inspiration podcast. Suzanne and I will talk to you all later. Take good care. You have been listening to the What's Your Inspiration podcast with Fox Buyer. Because impact on each other is the greatest currency you could ever have.